40inbox.com here where we help you master your money. So we're going to be reacting to an article called Want to Make Money Online? Here are 11 real ways to earn money from home. And this was written by Corey Ferreria on Shopify.com. So let's get right into this story. So the past year encouraged all of us to embrace the great indoors. No surprise then that the interest in making money online from the safety of our homes is now on the rise. What once felt like a distant daydream is now reality for millions of people, and those of us who worked remotely from our home offices for the last few years have a lot less explaining to do at family events, and the path to earning a meaningful amount of money online has become much clearer. The magic of the internet is that it's a sales channel, marketing network, and community hub all in one place, plus so much more. There are many creative ways to make money online beyond online surveys and selling used goods on Craigslist. That said, some businesses and side hustles are better suited to the laptop lifestyle than others, and in this guide we'll break down the strengths and shortcomings of a few of the top money-making options. So here's the 11 best ways to make money online. To make choosing the best ways to make money online easier, we'll look at several key factors. The business type, whether the idea is product-based, service-based, or driven by an audience. Second one, effort. How much time, skill, or experience do you need to put into the idea? And also leverage how well-positioned you are to turn the idea into a money-making one that increases in value without needing your direct attention, a high leverage idea isn't a one-to-one -one trade of time for money. Next is the startup cost, the upfront budget you'll likely need to launch the idea. So number one, drop shipping. The business type, product-based. Effort, medium, leverage, high. Startup cost out of five, I guess one. So last year, money, oh, many worldwide trends experienced a decade's worth of acceleration. One such trend was the rise of e-commerce, and there are a number of ways to run an e-commerce business, some of which allow for minimal need to carry and hold lots of inventory. Enter dropshipping. Dropshipping is a business model where you don't keep the products you sell in stock, Instead, when a customer buys something from your store, a third party fulfills and ships their order for you. And because low startup costs are low, it's an increasingly popular way to make money online for beginners and pros alike. Now, here's the thing, right? Dropshipping is good for many people simply because there's not a lot of cost to get started, right? And it's pretty simple as to the concept as to how it works. Because it's like basically the fundamentals of basically any business that sells something physical, right? You buy something cheap from a manufacturer and you sell it for higher to the consumer, right? So this is basically any item that you were to buy from amazon.com has been drop shipped, right? Nearly every single item on amazon.com has been drop shipped but it's technically called like Amazon FBA or fulfillment by Amazon. And this is just basically sellers, for the most part, sourcing all their products from like China, shipping it to an Amazon facility to where they just resell it on there, right? But the most common 
make money online stuff, business models when it comes to like dropshipping is more so like Shopify dropshipping. And that's like a different kind of situation. You need a little bit less capital for that. But again, there's still skills you need to really get that thing to work. So dropshippers have a habit of chasing the latest trends. And while there's nothing wrong with catching a trending product wave, know that there are also are many product categories that are steady and offer similar opportunities to do well. At Shopify, we regularly see these categories in our list top performers. Women's clothing and accessories, far and away the most popular category of products on Oberlo. And there are a variety of interesting niches within this category too, including dresses, accessories, intimates, hoodies, socks, and hosieries and rompers. And since these products have a large market, are purchased relatively frequently and are successfully so through great marketing, they're consistently a top performer for dropshipping. Jewelry. If you want to turn jewelry into a profitable small business, dropshipping is a good model to try. You can sell in a variety of categories including fine jewelry, fashion or costume, and collectibles or sell jewelry made from different materials like gems, wood, textile, or metals. Home and Garden. Home and Garden is one of those dropshipping niches that seem to always be trendy. People are always looking to add personal touches to their space to make it feel warm and cozy, which can make this an exciting and profitable niche to sell in. Beauty. The beauty and personal care market is projected to be worth $511.4 billion by the end of 2021, and beauty is a thriving industry fueled by younger generations entering the market and is strengthened by social media and e-commerce. You also have options in the beauty niche. You can sell cosmetics, skincare, personal care, hair care, fragrances, and more. Now, there's a huge hurdle to overcome with dropshipping. You're selling an existing product, so the ease of starting a dropshipping business also means you'd be up to your knees in competition. So it relies heavily on customer support, and that means you're giving up a really important piece of leverage and need to recognize that. In order to succeed, you're going to have to outcompete the competition with a well-chosen niche and creative marketing. So I guess this is an example of this actually working. So Subtle Asian Treats. Subtle Asian Treats is a top dropshipping store that sells cute plushies and cases for AirPods and iPhones. It was founded by She Hing Chan, a young Malaysian entrepreneur, to take advantage of the bubble tea craze happening in Asia. Which, by the way, if you've never had bubble tea, you're missing out on life. She explains in an interview with Oberlo, I knew that the bubble tea trend was up and coming, especially in Asian communities, so I looked around for bubble tea stuff on AliExpress. I found phone cases, and that was my very first product. She spent months exploring and selling different dropshipping products. Some earned him extra cash while others flopped. It wasn't until he found the bubble tea plushie that his dream store became a reality. Once he saw them, he immediately imported them to a Shopify store, ran Facebook ads, and watched customers start rolling in. Number two, print on demand. Business type, product base, effort, medium, leverage, medium. Again, same thing with the starter cost. So print on demand allows sellers to customize white label products with their own designs and sell them only after a customer buys, eliminating the need to hold inventory, which is what makes it a subset of dropshipping. 
When a customer places an order, a print-on-demand company will add your design to the product, fulfill the order, and ship it to the customer. The most significant advantage print-on-demand offers over dropshipping is that you have control over the aesthetic of your products, a key differentiator for product categories where the design is a distinguisher like t-shirts or fan merch. So when it comes to making money online, you can also use print-on-demand services to test online business ideas or new product lines without the risk of buying inventory. Monetize an audience you've already built, whether it's on YouTube, social media, or a personal blog. Offer diverse products by selling t-shirts, books, shoes, bags, mugs, phone cases, laptops, skins, wall art, and more. And so photos online by placing your images on physical products to sell to your fans. So to me, in my mind, print-on-demand is the most ideal in situations where your main business is not the actual print-on-demand stuff, like not actually those stuff. So this is, again, more like you know a podcast, more like a YouTube channel. Just think of the ones that you've probably watched before, right? And you love the creators or you love what they're doing, right? And you always watch their videos anytime they post a new one. That type of thing, that's ideal for print-on-demand because one, it builds up a community around the creator. It strengthens the community, but then also it's just something that they're able to provide for their fans as like almost like a appreciation thing because yeah they can make some money from it and some of them might make a lot of money from it but it's really something for the fans of whatever the content that they're absorbing right it's not really more for the creator it's more for the fans of that creator so overall product demand is you create customized products quickly and you don't have to worry about shipping or fulfillment is taken care of by your suppliers. And since you have no inventory to worry about, it's a low risk, low investment way to make money online. So the idea in action is passion fruit. Passion fruit sells inclusive clothing and accessories for the LGBTQQIA community. The brand is built around the power of togetherness and building a bright future for the youth, creating products that allows them to show their pride all year round, rather than only at special events. Passion Fruit's products are all carefully designed with pencil and paper, then digitized, placed on products through a print-on-demand company, and sold in a store. You can find t-shirts, tank tops, sweaters, hats, stickers, tote bags, and more, all specially designed and curated for Passion Fruit's audience, with the mission to make a positive impact on the world. Number three, custom products. Product-based. The effort is high, the leverage is medium, and the cost is pretty high out of five. Three out of five. So while the options above come bundled with the convenience of not holding onto expensive inventory, they do come with some limitations, mainly that you don't have full control over the product you're selling. And when you think of most direct-to-consumer brands, this is what comes to mind, original products that make meaningful improvements or add interesting details to well-known items. Personally, I've purchased many messenger bags, but I'd never seen anything like the one made by Vermilia Pell until it reached my doorstep. Making products by hand is popular amongst jewelry brands, fashion brands, and home decor brands. It gives you full control over the product development and quality of your items. The only drawbacks are, one, it can be time-consuming. And two, it's difficult to scale. The costs associated with making products by hand are the cost of materials, storing your finished products, and labor. 
That said, a custom product doesn't have to be completely handmade. There are many ways to find a manufacturer or supplier to help bring your product to life. For example, you could use domestic or overseas manufacturers, and if you have a unique product that you don't want to make by hand, you can find a manufacturer to make your products. The Alibaba route is a common way to do this. You can use the marketplace to find potential manufacturers, communicate your vision to them, and then get your products made. This will require some upfront investment because of minimum order quantities and storage, but it's a good way to maintain control of your products while keeping costs per unit low. Resale wholesale items. Buying and reselling wholesale items is a straightforward, low-risk way to make money online. You buy products you want direct from manufacturers, usually brands that are already credible in the market, and at a discounted rate, then sell them in your online store at a higher price. It's important to understand these methods to make the right choices when creating and selling custom products. Each has its own advantages and drawbacks, which blah 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 blah. blah. So the idea in action is the Carbon Black Collection. So Cedar and Sell is a maker of fine handmade homewares from Alabama. Josh Pigford, founder of the brand, created Cedar Cedar and Sale as an outlet, something created to do outside of his everyday work as a SaaS company founder. The designs are minimal and use geometric shapes to create a sense of order and cleanliness wherever you place them in your home. Every product is individually hand mixed, poured, and painted, making it unique for the customer. What started as creating little concrete planters has turned into a collection of homeware goods, and today Cedar and Sell sells not only planters, but also coasters, candles, and limited edition collections. It sells online and in markets when available using Shopify's POS app to accept payments without hassle in any market where Josh decides to sell. Number four, sell on Etsy. The business type, product-based, effort high, leverage medium. Again, this is three out of five. So every online marketplace from SD to Amazon offers a shared set of advantages and disadvantages. The upside is that you get access to their network of shoppers. People regularly browse these sites when they need to buy something, so setting up shop lets you meet them there. That said, since these channels can work in harmony with your own website, sometimes they're a great place to begin. New online makers can use Etsy to grow brand awareness at first. They have an active buyer community of 45.7 million buyers. And we've seen many businesses successfully switch to Shopify after generating their first few sales on Etsy, for example. So basically just kind of testing the market with your product idea. So the benefits of creating your own Shopify store include you can manage the look and feel of your store. You can grow your product line blah, 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 easier inventory management, blah, 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 blah. So an example of this in action is Old World Kitchen. It's a family-owned business that sells traditionally handcrafted kitchen goods, and the business existed solely on Etsy for 10 years and saw a ton of growth over that time. Lauren Polder, Old World Kitchen's business manager, explains in an interview with Shopify how Etsy helped the family learn the basics of e-commerce and connect with other uh, makers. It was a good way to get the business off the farm and into the online world. In the early days, Lauren had no plans to grow Old World Kitchen. Each item was unique and labor-intensive, and the family didn't want to hire or outsource any part of it. Because of this, Etsy was the right platform for them. As their brand became stronger and more defined, their prices began to reflect those of a luxury brand. The limitations of existing solely on a third-party marketplace began to hinder their growth. They desired to sell more luxurious products and align their online store with their brand. 
They needed a platform that could scale with their growing business, which is why they choose to build their own online store with Shopify, while the brand no longer uses Etsy. Lauren credits the marketplace for making the family business possible. Number five, you could sell on Amazon. This is a two out of five, blah, 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 for the startup costs. So Amazon has become a marketplace that welcomes new e-commerce entrepreneurs. It takes a few minutes to sign up for an account and a few more minutes to get a product listing live. The platform has a massive audience, is a global marketplace, and is a go-to destination for product discovery and research. Listing optimization can help your products get found and unlock new opportunities. And Amazon's in-app promotions can increase their brand's visibility for highly targeted audience. Yet, some e-commerce entrepreneurs question the long-term sustainability of selling on Amazon. While the marketplace is great for helping shoppers surface desired products, it's challenging for sellers to get their business noticed. Amazon attracts many resellers of the same products you may offer, tack on fees, and trying to differentiate your brand, and you may end up working harder to generate sales but not grow your bottom line revenue. And I believe like the actual margins on like products that are sold on Amazon are is like very low. I think like 10% or less. Amazon sets the rules for its marketplace, right? So if you compete head-to-head with a product owned by Amazon, it'd be hard to make sales. Amazon retail tends to get the buy box advantage advantage. Amazon prefers sellers to use fulfillment by Amazon FBA. So FBA is Amazon's fulfillment program offered to sellers. And once you put a product in its fulfillment centers and a customer's orders it, Amazon will fulfill the order. And you must use FBA to be eligible for Amazon Prime and Amazon Super Saver Shipping, two ways to help retailers improve conversion rates and earn extra money. And Amazon owns the customer relationship. Sellers cannot add Amazon customers to a CRM or remarket to them after the sale, which is, I think, the biggest flaw when it comes to actually selling products on Amazon. Because here's the thing, like, if you do not own the marketplace of where you're actually selling your products, if you don't have the data available to you, it's just so much harder to actually sell to your customers, right? Which is why it's typically better for you to, like, at least collect emails from potential customers before they end up buying, right? So that you could basically lead them to the listing on Amazon and then basically sell them again for a different product listed on Amazon. That said, Amazon is a great additional sales channel for your Shopify business. Similar to Etsy, you can use Amazon to get your products in front of a built-in audience, get discovered, and use your e-commerce website as the main sales channel. You can even integrate Shopify with Amazon to manage listings and sync inventory faster and easier. So Homesick Candles, which originally wasn't selling on Amazon, has since become one of the top scented candle brands on the platform. Amazon proved to be a good springboard for selling its products. Despite its success, Homesick Candles used Shopify to build an online store as its home base. This gave the budding e-commerce business a place to showcase its brand, connect with its customers, and maintain control over its sales and promotions. Number six, digital products. Says product base, the effort is high, the leverage is high, cost is 3 out of 5. Digital products carry some of the best margins of any product you can sell. The upfront cost of development can be high, but the variable cost of selling digital products is comparably low. Once 
media or software is made, it isn't very expensive to deliver to customers. At its core, a digital product is an intangible asset you can sell repeatedly without restocking an inventory. They often come in downloadable files such as a PDF, plugin, or interactive document. These products have become such a good source of passive income that many top professional influencers, bloggers, or public icons release digital products such as guides, ebooks, templates, research findings, plans, and tutorials. Some key benefits of selling digital products are they're scalable, there's no limit to how many products you can sell, no inventory, no manufacturers, no shipping or logistics, just market the products, and when a customer purchases a digital product, it's delivered instantly without your help. Low overhead costs, high profit margins. Since there's no recurrent cost of goods or shipping charges, you keep a majority of the profit for each sale. E-learning is becoming more popular, so the e-learning industry is expected to reach $325 billion by 2025. Digital products are a smart way to take advantage of this trend and expand your business. I agree. So digital products can be a great supplement to your main income. Many creators make them to add another revenue stream to their businesses. Whether it be consulting, education, membership, etc., you can build a presence on Twitter and LinkedIn or build an email subscriber list to promote your products to and make sales. Since the barrier is so low when selling digital products, it doesn't require much upfront investment or risk, and the best care scenario is you sell 10,000 templates. The worst case is that few people buy and you lose a few hours of time. So the idea in action. SEO for the rest of us is a search engine optimization SEO education business run by Brendan Hufford. Its purpose is to help creative entrepreneurs, those who don't have a huge brand or following, use SEO to get their products and services out into the world. Brendan's business is made up of multiple branches, a 100-day free SEO challenge, a podcast, and active blog, a YouTube channel, service packages, a membership community, and digital products. If you're looking for SEO education, you'll come across this brand somewhere in your search. Digital products and monetizing your expertise is a great way to make money online. Brendan explains in a chat with Shopify, is a fantastic stair-step model to build an audience that values knowledge and what they are working on. Okay, so you could do teach something live. You could charge money for teaching live workshops. You could set the recordings to the live sessions. You could also continue iterating and record a final evergreen version you set repeatedly. So if you take a look through the course tab on this website, you find a blah, blah, blah. So you can see some products sell for as low as $5, while others can range as high as $1,500 to $7,000 for an auditing course. Brandon is one of the many incredible examples of entrepreneurs selling digital products online. The best part, he wasn't always an SEO expert. As of 2014, he was an assistant principal at the Thea Bowman Leadership Academy and in six years has built an education empire that makes real money online with passion and determination. Number seven, media. Product-based, high, high, high and low startup cost. Media is a very wide-ranging term, but the best description available if you're a creator in the market is to sell music, videos, digital art, paid newsletter, magazines, or podcasts. Media seems closely related to digital products, but the difference with media is that it tends to be geared toward creative ventures. For example, a writer starting a paid newsletter subscription or an artist learning how to sell art online. The best part about selling media is that a lot of the time, it's a way for people to express themselves online. Artists and creators who didn't have access to networks, galleries, or PR in the past can now build a brand, grow a following, and make money online doing something they love. 
Harry Hamley, the cartoonist behind the successful brand, encourages creators to follow their dreams as an artist. In an interview with BBC, he describes turning down university to draw cartoons online. He does BBC, you should always do whatever you feel inspired by. When it comes to creating media for the public, Harry explains how doing something complicated doesn't guarantee success. It's more about having a solid idea and then being able to communicate it easily. In a world where negativity is widespread online, the Ketnip's brand is a positive light. It reflects Henry's goals to give off a good vibe and be something that's quite comforting. So Fred Jourdain is a versatile artist. He's an illustrator, cartoonist, designer, and entrepreneur. His site is a prime example of making money online through different types of media. And the artist sells not only original art, but also shares stories, interviews, projects, and more with potential customers. Visitors can browse around and get inside the mind, blah, 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 blah. And they want to purchase a print or original piece. They can easily do so through the shopping cart functionality right in his store. Number eight, blogging. Business type is audience monetization effort, high leverage medium, startup costs, super low. You've probably read a business blog at some point in your life, and businesses use blogging to share knowledge and insights, build an audience, and get more leads and sales. Blogging has endless benefits, such as building thought leadership in an industry and improving search engine visibility for a brand. Blogging to make money online has grown beyond big businesses and side hustles. Anyone can now build an audience by putting out great content and make a lot of money from their blog. Bloggers also tend to take a personal approach that resonates with an intended audience versus getting information from a company blog. People start blogs for many different reasons, some being sharing their thoughts, passions, or life experiences, educating readers on a topic they know about, selling products or services, or building a personal brand. The key to running a successful blog is choosing a niche. There's really no shortage of them on the internet, and you can be the expert on topics in a specific location, for example, restaurants in Toronto, or for a specific segment in certain categories like vegan, keto recipes, and lifestyle. Focusing on a niche helps you speak to an audience and create high-quality content for them, which in turn can result in leads to and sales for your blogging business. But how do you make money from blogging? Well, once you learn how to start a blog, you can monetize it in a few different ways. You can sell physical products like t-shirts. You could offer digital products like designs, digital arts, guides. You could sell freelance services. You could become an influencer and do paid promotions for brands. You could sell subscriptions or memberships to exclusive content on platforms such as Patreon or your own private sites. So the idea in action, the house that Lars built is a blog about all things interiors, decor, style, and holiday. It was started by Brittany Watson Jepsen, a professional creative messer who teaches people how to make life artful. Whether through tutorials or guides, her goal is to show people that life is better when you have a project to work on, whether it be crafts, designing, illustrating, or writing. Brittany's blog is a reflection of her passions and interests. It's also a money-making machine, offering guest posting opportunities, selling custom products, partaking in Amazon's affiliate program, and running Google AdSense ads on the blog. Brittany's blog operation has grown so big, she actively hires interns and part-time crafters to help with in-house projects. Number nine, affiliate marketing. So you got the audience monetization, the effort is medium, the leverage is high, the startup costs are two out of five. So there seems to be a trend with online-only business models still being relatively misunderstood. We'll add affiliate marketing to that pile. 
There's no snake oil to be found here, so how does monetization work through this model? Essentially, publishers or individuals can apply for affiliate programs wherever they're available in order to be added as an official affiliate. Once you're accepted or simply approved, you'll receive a way to share an affiliate link to the product or service you're interested in promoting. And when someone buys the product after clicking your link, you'll receive credit for the referral along with a commission. The commission amount depends on the affiliate program and the product being sold. Commodity items on Amazon.com won't pay out much, but referring a high-ticket account may pay out hundreds or even thousands of dollars. Because affiliate marketing works best when you help a visitor understand why a certain product may be right for one of them, you'll typically see it deployed on content-focused websites. Search engine optimization also plays an important role here. And you'll see everyone from homegrown sites to massive globally known publications competing for terms like Best Gaming Laptops 2021. Niche to win applies here too, since you don't have a masthead of 50 writers, you won't outcompete with professional publications like Wirecutter as a general review site. You may have or be able to write, rank, and differentiate yourself by covering all things terrariums or high intensity, high intensity interval training. Point being, it's typically easier to land, pick a distant niche, and expand, grow into new areas than it is to compete with a general interest site, especially when you're getting started. So the best affiliate content helps the reader both solve a problem or make a decision and showcases the right products as part of that solution. So the idea in action is wire cutter. So this is owned by the New York Times. The content is extremely well done and reader-centric with meticulous testing and fully transparent reviews of the pros and cons of various products. Wirecutter, in other words, passes the first litmus test of a successful affiliate website. Whether or not the content truly helps the visitor make a purchase decision, even if the affiliate links weren't included. Number 10, online courses and workshops. Product-based, effort high, leverage high, the cost is low for the start of creating. It's really great online courses, tough. You need to know the ins and outs of a specific subject and then have the skill and dedication to codify that knowledge and either write or record your best advice for customers. And of course, you need to successfully market the course once it's made, often the most difficult part of all. There's a reason online courses have a pretty broad appeal, though. Once the course is created, it accrues all the benefits of any digital product. The cost to deliver the product to more customers is essentially zero, with the exception of hosting. Compare that to the need to maintain inventory that all physical product businesses face, and you'll find yourself dealing with fewer product-related headaches as you scale. The appetite for digital courses and continuing education is there too. Your biggest hurdle is actually the web itself, where there are thousands of wonderful resources available for free, and content on every topic is getting better by the day. But the seemingly unlimited options available on the web is precisely why paid courses are available. They filter out the fluff and just share the good stuff. Many creators have found success turning their mostly free videos or blog posts into a paid course. And the reason people pay isn't just for the information, but for the way it's organized and presented. Part of the value is the time saved not having to filter through dozens of YouTube videos and random websites and to instead get one cohesive course from an engaging instructor. Remember though that while there are a countless number of topics to create content about, there are far fewer topics that people are willing to pay for. Usually the best-selling courses teach people a valuable skill that helps them make a progress at their job or get deeper enjoyment out of a beloved hobby. That explains why courses on Microsoft Excel can become bestsellers. 
Once again, it's often best to go to a market where people are willing to spend, and professionals probably spend the most money on courses. So if there's a way for you to take things you know from work and package them in a course, you already have your biggest selling point. Help your buyers get a raise or promoted. Help them be better at the scale, creating their main source of income. So the idea in action is the content planner. You used to sell only physical planning products through a Shopify store. Catherine Gaskin, founder of the Content Planner, was also offering in-person workshops for customers in the online community. They were two of her biggest offerings before March 2020. After lockdowns ensued and in-person workshops diminished, Catherine shifted to virtual workshops for her clients. She now retains up to 90% of profits due to lower overhead costs on things like travel and renting workshop space. The only fees she has now are subscription fees for Zoom, sales pages, and other PayPal earned transaction fees. In a recent interview with Shopify, she mentions how shifting online has resulted in her biggest sales month to date. She continues to provide on-demand courses and lessons for purchase and plans to launch similar offerings for her business. 11 freelance services. So this is service based, the effort is high, the leverage is low, startup cost is one out of five. So increasingly popular home business ideas offering freelance services to clients online. Freelance writing, graphic design, data entry, digital marketing, almost every role an online business would hire for is viable as a freelance service. This person has also worked with writers, illustrators, and designers for years at Shopify, most of whom make their full-time living freelancing, not just doing it in their spare time. Almost all of these services are best positioned toward business clients. For reasons similar to why business software is an attractive product, business clients are willing to spend. What most freelancers are quick to learn is that they have more leverage over the price they can charge when they're positioned their work as outcomes instead of deliverables. Put another way, businesses hire freelance writers to create content that drives traffic and leads, not for wordsmithing. Sell clients on the outcome and prove it, where possible through customer evidence like case studies and testimonials. The other lesson freelancers pick up sometimes through scar tissue is the need to niche down when they're getting started. Why would a company specifically hire you over the thousands of people offering very similar services? You aren't making a manager's job any easier by offering catch-all services either. So be wary of the false appeal of solving for every customer. That'd be like a mechanic trying to expand her customer base by calling her Shop General Fix-It Emporium. A better approach is to focus on a recognizable pain point layered on top of an industry or niche, even then... Pitches like marketing content for tech companies are a little crowded and you might see even better results if you sell a more precise outcome to a subset of a certain industry, like improving the sales pipeline for enterprise software companies. The last thing to consider for these businesses is that they are a direct trade of time for money. You can make good money with a small selection of high-paying clients, but the moment you stop working, the cash flow dries up. You may be able to turn a freelance business into more of an agency where hired help handles some client work. And for many business owners, the personal enjoyment they get from doing the work is a reason in itself to continue freelancing. But it's worth noting that you're not building much of a standalone asset, so you may eventually want to expand into another business model. So the idea in action is Elise Dobson is a freelance writer for B2B SaaS companies. She's been a freelance writer for three years and has been hired by huge SaaS companies like Hotjar, Databox, HubSpot, and Content Marketing Institute. But she wasn't always the in-demand writer she is today. 
At least started a beauty blog in 2012, which made a small fortune in this time. She then landed a job at a local marketing agency, where she learned more about blog writing and SEO. This led her to quit, start her freelance writing business in 2017, and break the six-figure selling ceiling by the age of 21. Ever since I was a kid, I loved to write. Elise explains, but it wasn't until working at a marketing agency that I saw you can make real money online doing it. Offering freelance writing services has allowed me to travel freely before COVID, work from the comfort of my home, and be my own boss. And if you have a passion for writing or designing or, or organizing stuff, turn it into a freelance service. You won't be disappointed with the results. Today, Elise continues to write. For enterprise brands and teaches other writers how to grow profitable freelance businesses in her membership community, Peak Freelance. So I thought that was a pretty good article that was written about making money online. And the thing is, technically, every single one of these ideas can actually work. The thing is, you're going to have to pick one and work on it, build up your skills on it, and test it and test it and test it until you get it to work. That's the thing. The problem is there's so many people who are not consistent and end up not being able to do any of it because they're just never consistent. So just keep that in mind. If you like this sort of thing, hit the like button. We'll try to post more episodes like this of like list type of episodes. And if you need help with mastering your money, go check out fortyandbox.com to learn the secret to mastering your money, which means getting out of debt, creating an emergency fund. In investing by following a very simple process that anyone of any income level can actually learn and stick with, and we'll see you in future episodes. Feel free to share this with someone as well. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by our personal finance courses. So if you have problems with mastering your money and you need help. Go down below and learn how to master your money. And this is a plan that anyone of any income level can follow. It is simple and easy to follow for any income level in any situation, and it's very straight to the point. And if you want to learn how to make money online, go down below as well. And we'll see you in future episodes.